welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Fights in Football Friday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. This is part one, the fights portion, as we get ready for UFC 298 coming up this weekend. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Um, so, like I said, coming up on the show today, just a breakdown of all the key fights here on UFC 298, everything from the main card, plus, as we talked about before, some of the fights I'm watching for on the undercard as well. If you like this video, literally do that. Click the like button, subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can also subscribe in podcast form as well. Um, and when you do that, make sure you leave a review. All right, I am fired up for this fight card. Let's start our breakdown for UFC 298. All right, UFC 298 goes down this weekend, and it is one of the, like, first mega shows here for the UFC this year. Um, the last pay-per-view was fine, but upcoming, this one's great. UFC 299 is fantastic, and then UFC 300. Still don't have a main event for that thing yet, but uh, we, we are still expecting still expecting this to be a pretty fun show. So, uh, but this one today, or this one coming up on, on Saturday, is going to be a whole lot of fun, I think. And we start, um, I, I said before, we, we've done a few of these previews. If you're new here, welcome. Um, and for fight weeks, I really like to go all out. This week, with it being so close to the Super Bowl, things were a little uh, condensed, but we are uh, generally go through the storylines of the week um, and some of the key fighters to watch. And we'll start with one of our key fighters to watch as Miranda Maverick goes up against Andrea KGB Lee in the women's flyweight division. Lee is 35 years old, 5'7", with a 69.5-inch reach, born in the always popular Atlanta Texas, uh, training at Gladiators Academy and Elite Combat Academy. She is 13 and 8 for her MMA career with three wins by knockout, five by submission, uh, also one submission loss and seven decision losses in her MMA career. Coming off of a unanimous decision loss against Natalia Silva at UFC 292, she has lost three in a row, all of those by decision, and has lost six of her last eight. The two wins in there. She does have stoppage victories in. She's been in the UFC since 2018, 5-6 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. To say she's streaky would be a bit of an understatement. She's won three in a row, then lost three in a row, then won two in a row, then lost three in a row. The former LFA women's flyweight champion hasn't been stopped since her sixth pro fight in 2016. She's been a pro since 2014, where she won her professional debut by uh, Dr. Stoppage, 10 seconds. Going up against Miranda Maverick, 26 years old, 5'3", with a 65-inch reach, born in Tunas, Missouri, training at Team Elevation. She's 12-5, with one win by knockout, seven wins by submission, and five decision losses. Uh, her last bout, UFC 291, a submission win over Priscilla Cacoera. She's won three of her last four, finishing two. Maverick has been in the UFC since 2020. She's 5-3, also an Invicta alumni, 6-2 in Invicta, and a pro since 2016 um, with the rank of BJJ Black Belt. And Maverick is someone who um, I find a, a little bit intriguing, actually. Um, I, I think that this is someone in the women's flyweight division who can really make a bit of noise here. Going up against Andrea Lee, who it feels like if this is a loss, um, it might be it for her in the UFC. And maybe, like, 
maybe you go this one and then another one against someone who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. And if you drop that one, then it might be time to go. Um, but it might be time anyway. So Lee seems to be fighting for her job. Going up against Miranda Maverick, who mentioned in their BJJ black belt, she's had success in a lot of different spots. And it feels like things are coming together a little bit. She's won three of her last four. The losses, we went over it. Um, we went over it a couple of uh, episodes ago. It's Macy Barber, uh, Jazz Jastavigius, and someone else whose name isn't immediately coming to me, but still, it's quality opponents. Now, KGB Lee is... At one point, certainly a quality opponent, but I expect Miranda Maverick to, to come in here and really put on a bit of a show. And I think this is going to be a bit of a reminder of, hey, this is still a talented fighter here. And someone we mentioned in the, the breakdown there, just 26 years old. I think there's a lot of potential, but it feels like she's kind of been passed by. And I think that's going to be one of the keys here for this show and for the next few. There's a big spotlight on the Ultimate Fighting Championship right now, just based off of like UFC 300 coming up. UFC 299 is stacked. This one, you have a guy who's in the pound for pound top five coming into this one. So... He's going to be, I think, a real important fixture as well in Alex Volkanovsky in bringing a big spotlight here. And so there are some fighters who I think need to take advantage of this spotlight and try to fight their way into getting this attention. And I think Miranda Maverick could be one of those. Another one who desperately needs it, I think, is Mackenzie Dern. As she goes up against Amanda Limos in the women's strawweight division. Limos is 36 years old, born in Brazil, 5'4", with a 65-inch reach, training at the Marajo Brothers team. Uh, uh, apologies if I butcher that entirely. 13-3 and three, uh, with one draw in there as well. Eight wins by knockout, three by submission, and uh, one loss each by KO submission and decision. That decision came in her last bout, a title fight against Zhang Wei Li, where she lost the UFC 292, ending a two-fight winning streak where she had finished both fights. She's won seven of her last nine, stopping five of them. The two losses, Zhang Wei Li, Jessica Andrade. Nothing to sniff at there at all. She's been in the UFC since 2017 um, with a 7-3 and three record. Former Jungle Fight women's bantamweight champion has been a pro since 2014. Mackenzie Dern, 30 years old, born in Phoenix, Arizona. 5'4", with a 63-inch reach, training with Jason Perillo. She is 13-4 and four with 7 wins by submission, 6 by decision, so no knockouts in there. She's been knocked out once her last bout, and three decision losses. That knockout loss came at UFC 295 against Jessica Andrade. She's alternated wins and losses in her last six fights. All decisions, except for this most recent one, when again, knocked out. Uh, last submission win back in 2021. She's been in the UFC since 2018 now. Eight and four is the record in the ultimate proving ground. Uh, also, the former LFA champion has been a pro since 2016. Before that, winning the Abu Dhabi World Championship for grappling. So her game plan is very clear. Take this to the mat and try to get a submission. And the second part is easy for her, right? Like she is really, really good. Like one of the best grapplers we have in this sport right now. Um, and so like that part, again, it's clear. Get this fight to the ground, get the submission. It's the get it to the ground part that I, I think she's going to have a bit of trouble with. Um, Limos is an incredibly physically strong fighter. And we have seen Dern in the past kind of struggle with that type of a fighter in getting them down to the ground. And like it, Dern is one of the few fighters who you would say, oh, pull guard. I, I feel like in 2024, MMA has kind of advanced to the point where top position, uh, where, where fighters in top position are at least smart enough to not get their arm broken and to, to be able to at least land and control well enough that it's not going to be a problem against 99% of fighters. Dern is the 1% though on the ground. She is going to need to get this fight to the ground. I just, 
I don't think she will. I am out on the, the Mackenzie Dern hype train. I, I have sold all the stocks. I have moved the house off of uh, Mackenzie Dern Island. I just, I don't think she is it. And I think Amanda Limos kind of exposes that here coming up this weekend. So I, I think uh, Limos ends up getting... Um, getting a win here over Mackenzie Dern. I just, I need to see it a couple of times before I can start to take Mackenzie, Tur uh, Mackenzie Dern seriously in um, in this sort of a fight. And look, again, the grappling is absolutely there. We just haven't seen enough advancements in any of the other parts of her game to make you feel like that this is someone who could really, who could really uh, come away with a, um, come away with a win in this type of of about. We move to the main card. Uh, Anthony Hernandez taking on Roman Kopilov in the middleweight division. Hernandez is 30 years old, born in Denigan, California, standing at six feet tall, training at MMA Gold. 11 and 2 with one no contest for his career. Two wins by knockout, seven wins by submission, one knockout, one submission loss each. Uh, coming off of a TKO win over Edmund Shabazian back at Ultimate Fight Night in May of 2023. Four wins in a row, three of them by finish. He's been in the UFC since 2019. 5-2 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, coming to the UFC after an uh, impressive performance on Dana White's Contender Series that turned into a no contest because of a marijuana test. The former LFA middleweight champion has been a pro since 2014. Kapilov is 32 years old, training at Ratiborets, uh, born in Russia. 12-2 uh, for the career, 11 wins by knockout, one decision win, and one submission loss, one decision loss. Um, his last fight in September, a knockout win over Josh Fremd. He is on a four-fight winning streak, all by knockout, three in the second round, one in the third. He lost his first two fights in the UFC and has now won these four in a row. He's been a pro since 2016. His pro debut, the only de uh, decision win he has on his resume. This is going to be a fun, all-violence type of a fight to, to get this thing going. And it really does feel, because of that, like a, a bit of a coin flip. Uh, I'm going to, to take Kopilov. I, I just feel like there is... Maybe a little bit. Again, like both these guys have a lot of finishes, right? Um, I, I just feel like in this type of a firefight type of a fight, I think Kopilov has a, a couple more tools in the toolbox. So I think Kopilov ends up getting the job done. Bantamweight division, I am so intrigued by this fight. Marab Devalashvili, 33 years old, born um, in Georgia country. Uh, training at Sarah Longo fight team, 16-4, and four, with three wins by knockout, one by submission, and he has been stopped once in his career. That was a submission loss. Coming off of one of the biggest wins of his career, a unanimous decision win over Piotr Jan back in March of 2023. It's a nine-fight win streak, eight of them by decision, with wins over Jan, Jose Aldo, Marlon Moraes, um, Cody Stamen and John Dodson, obviously among others. He's been a pro since 2014, where he started his career one and two, worked his way to the octagon in 2017, lost his first two fights in the UFC, and has now won nine in a row. Going up against Henry Cejudo, now 37 years old, five foot four, born in Los Angeles, training at Fight Ready, 16 and three for his career, with eight wins by knockout, eight by decision. Uh, he has been stopped once in his career and lost two. By decision, including his last fight at UFC 288, where he lost to Aljamain Sterling in a return from a three-year layoff. It was his first loss since 2016, um, and his first the first time the judges have been needed since 2018. The former UFC flyweight and bantamweight champion has been in the UFC since 2014, amassing a 10-3 and record. A pro since 2013, he is the 2008 Olympic gold medalist for wrestling. And that was something going into UFC 288 we kind of talked about. Because of the shtick and the cringe and all of that, 
you forget just how talented this fighter is. But three years is a long time to, to sit away. And he it ends up costing him against Aljamain Sterling. And I think it's going to cost him here. Devalishvili is relentless. And the, I think the thing that helps Cejudo is that this is just a, a three-round fight. And like I think if this was five rounds, Devalishvili would be able to potentially wear him down in the, the championship rounds or the main event rounds, so to speak. I still, I, I like Devalishvili in this spot. Um, Cejudo, phenomenal champion at one point. Um, obviously, like, a, a, an incredible resume and an incredibly talented fighter. I just didn't see enough in the Aljamain Sterling fight to make me think that he can get to the Devalishvili level either. So, I think Marab gets it done in kind of a fast-paced, just constant pressure type of a fight. I think Marab gets the job done here with a unanimous decision victory here at UFC 298. Uh, Jeff Neal taking on Ian Machado Gary. Neal, 33 years old, at 5'11", born in Austin, Texas, training with Fortis MMA. 15 and 5 for his career, 9 wins by knockout, 2 by submission. Uh, he has also been stopped 3 times in his career, once by knockout, twice by submission, including in his last bout at UFC 285, uh, where he missed weight and then tapped out to Shavkat Rachmanov, ending a 2-fight winning streak. It's the first time he was finished in the UFC, and uh, the, the last time he was stopped before that was in January of 2017. Uh, he's 2-3 in his last five, has been in the UFC since 2018, after a time on the Dana White's Contender Series, 7-3 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He's been a pro since 2012. Going up against Gary, 26 years old, at 6-3, born in Port Manic, I think, Ireland, uh, training at Shootabox Diego Lima. 13 wins, 13 fights. 7 wins by knockout, 1 by submission. Um, he has also won a few by unanimous decision, including his last bout at UFC 292 against Neil Magny, putting him 3-0 in 2023. 6 wins in the UFC, 3 by knockout, 3 by decision, 2 first-round finishes, and he is the former Cage Warriors welterweight champion. We have talked about Gary at length on this show at times. Um, that There is a bit of Wish.com um, Conor McGregor there, the way he tries to act, the the, the shtick that he tries to, to put out there, but there's no questioning he is a talented fighter. The question is, how talented? Because he beat up Neil Magny, no question. But there was still more to be taken there, and for a fighter who we think needs to take another step here in the welterweight division, there was a chance to really do that and really make a statement against Magny, and he just, he simply didn't do enough. Now he goes up against Jeff Neal, who I think is a bit of a tougher test here in 2024, but still, um, coming off of submission loss, more losses than wins in his last five, this should be about for Gary to come out and pick up a win. The challenge for Gary, how impressive can you look now? Can you go out and really put your stamp on this fight and on the welterweight division? That's what I want to see, but I think Gary at least gets the job done with a victory uh, coming up on Saturday night. Uh, all right, time now. For the co-main event of the evening, in the middleweight division, it's Robert Whitaker taking on Paolo Costa. Whitaker is 33 years old, at 6 feet tall, born in Auckland, New Zealand, training at PMA Super Martial Arts. 24-7 and seven for his career, 9 wins by knockout, another 4 by submission. He has been stopped 4 times in his career, uh, once by submission, 3 times by knockout, including his last fight at UFC 290, a knockout loss against Drickus Duplessis. He has lost twice in his last 3 bouts, but... Those losses, 
DDP, and Israel Adesanya. He hasn't finished an opponent since 2017 against Jacare. The former interim middleweight UFC champion has been with the promotion since 2012 with a record of 15-5 following a win on the Tough Smashes welterweight tournament. He's been a pro since 2009. Going up against Costa. 32 years old, born in Brazil, training at Fight Ready. He stands at 6 feet tall with a record of 14-2. 11 wins by knockout, one more by submission. Uh, he has been stopped just once in his career. He is coming off of a win in his last fight at UFC 278. So it's been a minute as he goes up against Luke Rockhold. A unanimous decision win there. Um, that ended a two-fight losing streak. There has been a lot of inactivity for Costa. Um, that was his only fight. That UFC 278 fight was his only fight in 2022. He didn't fight in 2023. Had one fight in 21, one fight in 20, one, nine and nine, uh, one fight in 19, one fight in 18. He hasn't finished opponent since 18. He made his UFC, uh, UFC debut in 2017, 6-2, with four wins by knockout in the last two by decision. He's been a pro since 2012. Unless Robert Whitaker has fully just lost it, this should be a win for him. The issue is he had a bit of trouble with the size of DDP in his last bout. Paulo Costa is also bigger than Robert Whitaker. Costa is someone who could fight at 205 pounds, um, while Whitaker, we just mentioned, he won the Tough Smashes middleweight tournament. Um, so he, like, this is, it's kind of a meeting in the middle of where these two guys could also fight. And so if if Costa is able to effectively use that size, then this could be a really difficult fight for Robert Whitaker. I still think at 33 years old with 31 pro fights, it's it's like he, he's not super old, but it's it's some hard miles on there. Um, I think he is skilled enough and talented enough that he will be able to stay away from the size of Costa, kind of keep him on him, bit of a hit and move. He is still one of the more skilled strikers you will see in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, so I think that's where he has the advantage in this fight, and I, I think he does end up getting the job done here, but if Costa is able to kind of dictate how this fight goes um, and use that size to his advantage, this could be a really, really difficult fight for Robert Whitaker. That stat that I read out um, hasn't finished an opponent since 2017 against Jacare. That one really surprised me because you think of Robert Whitaker as like this big, talented, scary, skilled striker. And while he can be all of those things, I also thought finisher was on there. And apparently it is not. Um, and like I, I, I think that he will be able to kind of outbox and stick and move um, with, with Paulo Costa and be able to, to pick up a win that way. But to be able to get back to a title now with Strickland and um, uh, Hamzat and with Adesanya and with DDP, it feels like there needs to be another level added to this game here in 2024. And we'll see if Robert Whitaker can find that. Which brings us now to the main event of the evening. It is for the Featherweight Championship of the World, the cha uh, champion, Alexander Volkanovsky, taking on the challenger, Ilya Teporia. Volkanovsky is 35 years old, standing at 5'6", five fo uh, born in New South Wales, Australia, training at City Kickboxing, 26-3 for his career, 13 wins by knockout, 3 by submission, 2 knockout losses, and 1 decision loss. Uh, his last bout, UFC 294, um, he took on uh, Islam Makashev, and lost to Islam Makashev. Um, it was the second loss versus Makashev. He has never lost 
at 145 pounds. His only losses at 170 pounds and 155. Five UFC featherweight title defenses, second most in the history of the division in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He had a 22-fight winning streak lost, um, snapped when he lost to Makachev at UFC 284. Six of his last nine fights have needed the judges, 13-2 in the UFC. He started his pro career as a welterweight in 2012. Going up against Teporia, um, 27 years old at 5'8", born in Hale, Westfalen, Germany. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong and I apologize. Training at Climate Club, 14 fights, 14 wins, 12 stoppages, 4 by knockout, 8 by submission. Um, so that leaves, what is that, 2 for decision? One of those is the last fight against Josh Emmett at the UFC on ABC in June of 2023. First decision win since 2020. 6-0 in the UFC, three wins by knockout, one by submission, then another couple by decision. Nine first-round finishes in his MMA career. He has also fought for Brave CF and Cage Warriors, and he's been a pro since 2015. He is all the rage, uh, all the rage sorry, in the featherweight division right now. A lot of excitement about this particular prospect, saying that he is the next one here at 145 pounds. The issue is the current one at 145 pounds is the second best fighter on the planet and on a good day might be the pound for pound king right now in the sport of mixed martial arts. That's how good Volkanovski is. And yes, the last fight was a real, real downer for him, losing uh, by head kick knockout in the first round. But he has said, Going into that fight, he wasn't, like, it wasn't a full training camp. He took it on short notice. He had been drinking, like, the week before he took the fight and tried to get into fight shape, and that's no way to go about fighting the pound-for-pound -pound king in mixed martial arts right now. Volkanovski, if Volkanovski is at his best, he wins this fight. However, that is kind of, um, that, that, that's based on a couple of things. One... That is assuming Volkanovski is at his best. And the only reason, the, the only thing we have to uh, believe that he isn't is getting head kicked, knocked out. But we have seen time and time again in this sport, sometimes when everything is going right and you're riding that roller coaster and it is 22 fights, uh, sometimes it can come crashing down once it stops. It's tough to get that momentum going again. Now, he did pick up a winning over Yair Rodriguez after a split decision loss uh, against Makachev that I thought he won, personally. Um... But coming off of um, coming off of that loss, he bounces back, gets the win over Yair. But this last fight was different. That was a stamp that Makachev put on him. And you can use all the excuses that you want, but still, at, what is it, 34, 35 years old for, for Volkanovski, 35 years old for Volkanovski, it's tough to get that thing going again. So, we are assuming best-case scenario for Volkanovski. The other part of this that we don't know we don't know what best case scenario looks like for Teporia. We know what it has looked like, but this is a kid who's 27 years old and growing and getting better each and every time he steps into that octagon. So the the best version of Volkanovski beats the best version of Teporia that we have seen. But we don't know if we are getting the best version of Volkanovski and we don't know what the best version of Teporia is. So it, it, it makes this such an intriguing fight. I am still going Volkanovski here. I do think that this is still the most talented fighter in the sport today. Um, when you look at well-roundedness, uh, game planning, execution, all of that, I think he is the pound-for-pound -pound king right now. But he has two losses to a guy who actually is the pound-for-pound -pound king, so can't really give him that mantle. But I, I just think 
that it is a lot for Teporia to put together. And we've also said before, like, yes, you're going up against maybe the best guy to ever do it at 145 pounds. So to say you've never fought anyone of this level is kind of unfair because Volkanovski at 155 pounds, or sorry, 145 pounds is kind of a one of one. That being said, it is a, with all due respect to Josh Emmett, it is a gigantic gap between Josh Emmett and Alex Volkanovsky. And Emmett is the toughest fighter that Teporia has faced going into this fight. So this is a new challenge for Teporia going in. I think he holds strong. I think he puts on a good showing. I think he loses. I have Volkanovsky winning this fight. Uh, so those are the breakdowns for the key fights coming up here on UFC 298. Couple that I clicked on on the, uh, the, the old uh, gambling websites there. Let's take a look at today's ticket. Nothing great for underdog plays um, on this particular card. Just a couple of favorites that don't have the, the biggest of odds that we're going to go with. Uh, Amanda Limos at minus 135. I thought that was going to be an underdog play against Mackenzie Dern, but enough people are thinking like me that Limos gets the job done there. So I like Limos minus 135. Uh, and then Volkanovski to win in the main event, minus 120. Uh, that's the way I'm going there. Also, just, um, you know, for tracking purposes, whatever, three hockey games on the, uh, three, there we go, on the, uh, the, 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 uh, board tonight. It is, well, there's only one tonight and then two tomorrow. Carolina, minus a goal and a half against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Boston, minus a goal and a half tomorrow against the LA Kings. And the Detroit Red Wings, just to win straight up, plus 111 against the Calgary Flames. So that is today's ticket. And that's today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in for this breakdown of UFC 298. Um, have some weekend plans, so I won't be watching the fights live. We will see, uh, hopefully get some kind of a uh, UFC breakdown show coming up um, either Sunday or Monday, uh, just depending on when I'll be able to, to get to that. But we will be reacting to it at some point. And then next Friday, it'll be the fights to make coming out of UFC 298. We'll also have a Elimination Chamber preview to get to. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun there. Um, if you're looking for the football portion of Fights and Football Friday, that's coming up in a matter of moments. By the time you're listening to this or watching this, that will probably already be up on this very channel. So make sure you subscribe, whether you're listening in podcast form or on YouTube. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening in podcast form, leave a review. That stuff help me, helps me out a ton. Find me on social media at uh, PrimetimeKlein, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. You can also find me twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you all later. I'm out.